Every town has a legend or a story or that house that you would purposely walk across the street to walk on the other side of the street to go around. Or maybe a good story. Every town has that element of mystery. And that's what we're talking about this week. I'm asking everyone, what is your hometown's legend? Here on Behind Every Story. What's up, everyone? My name's Jason, and this is Behind Every Story. If this is your first time with us, let me explain what's happening. I love stories, from comic books to films, songs to jokes, sitting around a campfire with a couple friends, or sitting in an audience with strangers being enveloped by a story. I love hearing stories. And even more than that, I love hearing behind those stories. I like to know the story that led up to you telling that story today. This show is the proverbial director's commentary on the movie of life. This is episode number 30 of 50 of the COVID-50. Before we begin, a note of warning. The topics we explore on this show may not be suitable for all listeners. This podcast deals with real people and real stories. These stories may contain and deal with graphic language, adult themes, sexual content, and violence. Listener discretion is advised. This week, we're discussing hometown legends and what... What do I mean when I say hometown legends? And I mean either it made national news or maybe it's just hushed about and talked to from one person to the next. Or maybe it's just something that's just colloquially known. Or maybe no one knows about it except for a few people. I've always found it fascinating when I go to a town and I'll learn something about it. When my wife and I were on a cross-country road trip years ago, we stopped by all these different places, and our goal was we only had like three locations that we wanted to stop at, one being Waco, Texas, because I'm a Dr. Pepper fanatic, and I really wanted to go visit the Dr. Pepper Museum, which, if you haven't been and you're a Dr. Pepper fan, do yourself a favor. It was amazing. Anyway, but we would stop at anything that looked interesting along the way. And our rule was if something looked remotely interesting, we had to stop. And I remember one of these places was called Puddin Hill. And we thought it was such a funny name for a town that we had to stop in Pudding Hill. And we stopped in. The town is almost nothing. There's not a lot of uh, commerce or anything there. But there was a chocolate shop. And then it was kind of out of the way too. It, it wasn't really like on a main street or anything like that, but it was like around an offshoot of the main highway. And we had to go down a dirt path and there was this chocolate shop. So of course we had to go in. Uh, the chocolate shop itself was amazing and beautiful and wonderful, but it was the people we met there and the stories they told that just fascinated us. One, they are world-renowned. This tiny little shop in Pudding Hill is world-renowned for their chocolatiering um, cultivations, the things they create. And like they had reaper pepper chocolates and uh, ghost pepper chocolates. And they were so out of this world. And I was so happy. They were the best things ever. And I remember this road trip. We didn't have a lot of money, but we did spend more money than we could have or should have at this place. But when it came down to hearing the story, uh, we had to we had to ask, like, why is this area called 
Pudding Hill. And the owner of the shop, uh, we all sat down enjoying some chocolate and some coffee. And she told us the story that when the uh, original adventurer, the original person who explored the area said it was it was so slimy and so disgusting uh, to walk through this area before it was inhabited that it was like uh, sinking into a pudding. And it was uh, uh, the worst thing he had ever felt. But he also wanted to uh, name it for his wife, which he called his Puddin. And since then, it had become Pudding Hill. Now, that's not much of a legend, but that's kind of what I'm talking about. I grew up in West Chicago, Illinois. And West Chicago used to originally be called Turner Junction. But they renamed the town West Chicago to try and get more businesses um, out of Chicago and interested in the suburbs of Chicago. And one of the legends that I knew growing up in West Chicago, Illinois, was a graveyard right off of Geneva Street, Geneva Road, uh, right off of Washington and Geneva Road in West Chicago, Illinois. There's a graveyard. All the tombstones in the graveyard are facing one direction. But if you go back to the southeast corner of the graveyard, there is one gravestone pointed in the opposite direction of all the other stones. And the legend was that the boy who had died and been buried in this grave plot, he lived not far from this cemetery. And the legend was that if he ever rose from the dead, that his tombstone was placed this way so that if he rose from the dead, he could just walk straight home and be home. He wouldn't have to wander around or be confused. That he would just wake up and then go home. And as a little kid, yeah, this always scared me. And I went to go see it. And it wasn't that far from my house. But it was a little nerve-wracking. But as I grew older, it was it became more of like a beautiful sentiment. And of course, as I got older, I toured the graveyard myself and realized that there were a few other gravestones uh, pointed in the opposite direction. <laughs> so it wasn't just this one. But growing up, it always kind of lent this air of mystery to the graveyard. And it gave me a narrative, uh, a narrative desire to go visit more graveyards. And over my life, I visited quite a few. Um, on the road trip I was talking about with my wife, we stopped at a few graveyards to look at the gravestones, uh, to pay respects. And to uh, and throughout my life, I've always stopped at graveyards to because I'm fascinated by them. And I think it all stems from this story about having that prolonged desire to see your loved ones again, that maybe there is a little magic in the world. And that drives me to want to hear everyone's stories about who they were. And really, a gravestone is the shortest of all stories and it's the most compact of all stories and it always led me to like no like question what what would be on my gravestone after i'm gone would it tell my story would it 
include all the things that I'm passionate about and all the things that I love? Probably not. But going through a graveyard and reading these very short stories makes you feel that, again, we're not all that disconnected from the world, that we're all in this together. But I'll get into that at the end. Right now, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to hear everyone else's legends about their hometowns. This podcast is brought to you by Night Owls Media. Once upon a time, you met your favorite person and decided to get married. Or you found your passion and started your own business. Or you created something that needed to be shared with the world. Or for some other reason, you found yourself needing a video. Enter Night Owls Media. We are Chicago-based filmmakers who love to travel and honestly believe there is no project too big or too small. Everyone's story deserves to be told, and it's our passion to help tell yours. Night Owls Media stays up late to get the job done right, and we can't wait to meet you and be a part of your story. Contact us today at nightowlsmedia.com and check out all our services that we can provide for you. If you can dream it, we can create it. nightowlsmedia.com Every town has a story or a legend that's passed down from one person to another. What is your hometown's legend? Oh, you know what? I don't know. Did my hometown have a legend? <laughs> I, 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 I seriously don't know. All I know is stories about my dad and his brothers. I guess they were just... They were all Gilbert Grape. No, not. No, they were all pretty much Arnie <laughs> from What's Eating Gilbert Grape, just tearing the town up. I had There was one, I guess there was a pickle factory, and they used to swim in the brine tanks. And then one used to climb the water tower all the time. And, yeah, that's about what I've heard. I don't know if there's an... Uh, a spooky story or anything like that or a legend but that's all i know it got to the point where people ask me oh are you so-and-so's kid nephew blah 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 i would just say no hi my name is chris i'm from elgin illinois to be honest with you, I don't really know. Um, I never, you know, paid much attention to it. I was a pretty happy-go-lucky kid. Um, I grew up in Deerfield, Illinois, and I don't really think there was any kind of, ne- there wasn't any negative story like that. Not like, you know, not like Munger Road, not like all of these other places that have these kinds of things. Um, I-, I don't think there was one from where I grew up to be that I was aware of. I'm sure there is one, but I, I wasn't aware of one. My name is Michael, and I'm in the Naperville area. I mean, 
there's not really that many stories other than like we have one house where this family all hung themselves one after another but like i never been to that house i don't even know it probably just something that i just saw like through facebook or something like that but like that's some scary shit and you know i'm not looking into that because that ghost might come out and get me so that's that's gonna be a no from me dog like i don't do ghosts ghosts don't do me we don't hang out the same bars My name is Brandon. I am from Elgin, Illinois. I grew up in Elgin and I can't think of one. I mean, there's there's stories of areas around Elgin, uh, like Munger Road, which they made a movie on, never saw the movie. Uh, but in Elgin, I can't think of any, but, you know, any, any person or, or thing. I mean, there's that school Hillcrest, maybe I can't quite remember the one that uh, they had to relocate a graveyard to build the new version of it on, and the elevator um, will randomly change floors, and people have claimed to hear like footsteps at night. But um, no, I, I can't think of any legends from Elgin. I'm sure once we're done, something will come to me, but I, I just can't think of anything right now. So let's continue. So we've heard. Um, other people mentioned Munger Road, and it is a story that I heard briefly when I was younger, but I don't know the actual story. Do you? I, I don't know enough about it. Again, it was when I was young, and, and after they tore down the haunted house me and my friends used to go get scared out of, uh, we were looking for another place to get scared at. And somebody told us, if you drive down Munger Road and you turn your car off at night and you put some baby powder on the back bumper uh, over by these train tracks that the car will get pushed. And then there was another story about like a ghostly house that would appear. And, you know, it's, it's all sort of the same cliche ghost stories that seem to exist everywhere. Mm. If there's another story involving Munger, and I'm sure there is, I don't know what it is. Um, those two are the ones that I, I heard. And you know, the, 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 I don't know if I went into this with the train tracks and you put the, the baby powder on the back, little handprints would appear as kids were pushing you out of the way of the train tracks. Cause supposedly a school bus of kids got hit on those tracks and they all died or, you know, something horrible, but it seems like these stories exist everywhere. It's not unique to Munger road or to Illinois. Either. My name is Brett, and I'm from Chicago, Illinois. Ooh. Is there a legend? I don't know, man. Did you have Munger Road? We did have Munger Road. That was St. Charles. That was technically St. Charles, though. That wasn't Geneva. And I didn't hear about that until I saw the horror film. So my cousins lived in Wayne Township and they they were fairly wealthy so they have this big freaking house on this huge plot of land when I was a little kid they took me down to their library and they mm, sort of guided me to finding a book and in the book it talked about this man old man Wilson who had buried some money and murdered his wife and they led me around this just epic treasure hunt around their property where they buried all this stuff in the woods and had me find it from old man Wilson 
And man, I couldn't sleep for like, I don't know, six months because of old man Wilson. I was just afraid he was going to come murder my whole family. Totally fake. I don't think the legend existed outside of that, but that's the only thing like that I, I have in my head. My name is Rob, and I am from the Midwest in America. Sadly, we didn't really have one. Uh, we had a couple of mean people in the neighborhood that would yell at you. You know, you'd walk down the, the sidewalk, and if your foot touched their grass, I remember there was a guy down the street, literally, we'd be kids, and we'd be running back and forth, and he'd come out no matter what time of day, he'd right out his front door, like he was waiting for you. And he'd yell, you stay off my grass. We're like, we're on the sidewalk. Um, yeah, he was weird. Uh, I didn't really have, there wasn't really a house around here that was like that. Now there was, when I was in high school, uh, there were a lot of, uh, legends. I hung out with these, uh, guys from another band that, uh, had all these stories about Cuba road where supposedly there was like an asylum and people escaped from the asylum and they were living on Cuba road before it was all developed. And there were a lot of weird, like, you know, people seeing, people at the side of the road and it was really just insane people and people getting murdered up there and it was all covered up. It's all crap, but it was fun. There were fun urban legends and it was Cuba road, which is North of here. So it was like, yeah, I can see that man. It's kind of farm area and it's weird, but reality, we knew they were made up. We knew we were, we were having fun. You know what I mean? But there wasn't really anything around here. My name is Stella, and I'm from Chicago. Ooh, okay, this is an easy one. So there is uh, an apartment that is... Um, so we live in really... I live in a really old building in the early 1900s. It was built, and the building across the street, the sister building, is the same. Uh, maybe a few years later that it was built. And Al Capone, everybody has an Al Capone story. I get it. Al Capone used to play cards upstairs in this um, penthouse suite that's across the street. And, you know, it's just, <laughs> it is fascinating. I am dying to go up there literally because I feel like I will sense him. But, you know, the rumor has it, he played cards up there. God knows if he killed anybody in there. But if you, if we don't know that for sure, but if you walk even in our lobby where I live, there is, um, you can sense that there, there was a lot of activity happening. It used to be a hotel or a hospital. It was many, many things over the 100-year period that it was here. Even in my apartment right now, um, I know I'm going off topic a little, there is a ghost that lives in my apartment building, in my apartment, um, and she sits in the office that I'm actually recording in right now. And she's a really cool lady. Um, what, what makes her cool? She's just very, um, very laid back. She is of a time period. From my understanding, I had a friend that came over that that was connect that connected to her that was able to talk to her. Um, she she doesn't believe that dogs should should live in the home, but she's okay with Sadie. Um, her name is. We think it's Lenore. We think she's this like nicer, older Jewish lady. Um, I've heard different people have different takes on who she is, but she usually will sit in this room that I'm recording in right now 
and she will, um, she'll just sit. Um, one time I was, <laughs> I had a friend that stayed in this, in this office or it's, it's our home office and in an air bed. And I remember one time I was standing in here talking to my friend and I saw her being pushed over and she didn't do anything to do that herself. She was just pushed over. And, um, I thought that was really odd. And recently, a few months ago, it happened to me. And I thought, oh, my God, Lenora's is upset. She just pushed me over. I didn't fall. I caught myself. But it was super odd. But for the most part, we get along really well. <laughs> she doesn't bother me. I don't bother her. I wonder if she's okay with me working from home in this office. But she's been really kind. So, yeah. So, lots of ghost stories. I am Chris, and I am from Chicago. I was born and raised in Peru, in the city of Lima, in the district of Lince. And our particular neighborhood in Lima is extremely known for having the best um, cow hard kebabs. And for some reason, our street is always littered with just lines of cars that all come around to try out this lady's heart kebabs. And I didn't think that it was a big deal until last year. Somebody told me about this lady. It's like, oh, yeah, like she's world famous. Like people travel the world to have her kebabs. I'm like, nah. They're like, yeah, no, like, this lady's <laughs> legit. So I would say that's one legend from the neighborhood where I grew up in. My name is Marie, and I am from St. Paul, Minnesota. I come from a small town in Kentucky called Bardstown, Kentucky, that is known as the bourbon capital of the world. Um, it's was originally known as a pretty famous place that Jesse James would hang out in. He would use the underground caves to kind of get away from the law. Uh, there's so many ghost stories about Bardstown. It's a really old town. I think it was one of the first towns founded in Kentucky. Aside from all the extra... <laughs> older spooky stuff our town was plagued by a series of unsolved murders um and this happened recently uh, the first one happened many years ago i think in the early 90s where a lady disappeared and i think they eventually found her body but then back in i think 2014 is when it started so I was, I was still there and I was working there at the time. So the first person who went missing, well, the first person who, who died was this officer. His name's Officer Jason Ellis. I had met him because I was working at a screen printing shop in Kentucky a week before he was murdered because he came by to pick up shirts for his wife's 5K. Um... So it was kind of just like a quick like hi and bye situation, but I knew his face as soon as 
it ended up coming up on like the news i'm like i met you essentially what happened with him is he was driving home in his police car and someone blocked off the road with a tree so when he got out to move the tree someone shot him almost point blank holy shit um and then they ran to the police car used the radio and said officer down and then ran away one year later my neighbors were murdered so this was a woman and her teen daughter and it was like a few houses down were murdered in their house brutally murdered i won't go into details but actual scary stuff because i think i i came home from lunch and i saw hot like helicopters flying around multiple cars in their their like driveway kind of investigating the house and i didn't know what happened yeah and then we found out that both of them were pretty brutally murdered no trace no idea what's going on with them wow then another year later a lady went missing from her car uh, they found her car on the side of the highway with her purse and keys still in and no sign of her. So they, they think the car had been planted there. There's suspicion that her husband was involved because her husband's brother worked for the police department. Um, and you can you can see the interrogation footage online of that because he got a call from his brother while he was being interrogated and his brother told him to just leave. Um, and then almost another year later, the woman's father ended up getting murdered in a field. All unsolved. There's actually a TV series already about it. I think there's a podcast about it. Um, is I think it's been on Dr. Phil. Like, yeah, that's currently the biggest legend of Bardstown, Kentucky, is just all the unsolved murders. That's that's heavy. That's really heavy. It's crazy. It's completely crazy. Yeah, I think after my, my neighbors were murdered, I was like, I, you know what? Mer Minnesota sounds good. <laughs> smart move very smart move hello my name's Dan from Cambridge UK uh, hmm. haven't really had a hometown until I moved to the town that I was in now but I was 19 when I moved here um, and this is Cambridge so it's pretty big and there's a lot happened here couldn't honestly say Stephen Hawkins lived here was a teacher here that's pretty legendary whoa my name is John I am from the west suburbs of Chicago well my hometown's legend Batavia Illinois uh, wasn't just a legend, sir. <laughs> it was real, and in that we had the distinction of being the town that Mary Todd Lincoln died in. And uh, like after 
uh, old Abe got, you know, his head blown off and then she lost her shit. Uh, there was a mental asylum in Batavia that they, you know, packed her away in and she eventually died. Um, and that building still stands in Batavia, Illinois, and now it's condos. So I don't know if that's my, an urban legend per se, but that was like the, the, my town's claim to fame, you know, and we, yeah. And we used to like ride our bikes, uh, past the, well, past the condos. My name is Zach. I live in Fort Worth, Texas. I don't honestly think that it has one. Um, to be honest with you, yeah, I can't really think of anything that would be legendary about my hometown other than maybe like Abraham Lincoln drove through it back in the middle 1800s. Um, you know, there's a highway named after him, the, the path that he took, you know, during his run for presidency. But other than that, I really don't think there's anything too crazy about where I'm from. My name is M. I am from Chicago, Illinois. Um, we didn't really have a house. What we had was a couple. Um, there was a special needs couple and they ran around town all the time and they had, they were in love with each other and they were part of the lore of the community for, for probably 50 years. And they were, they led parades. They were at people's wedding. They'd go sit in the church at people's weddings. They were at our, she, the one was at our wedding, um, the woman, um, but interacted with literally everybody in the community at some point or another. And they all, they just ran around all the time. They were just always, there they are, you know, it's kind of, kind of unique. My name is Mark Allen Fishman. I am from Homewood, Illinois. I still live in my hometown, uh, to be fair. I don't know if we've got ghost stories. I definitely know there's been houses and such where there's been uh, less than desirable uh, like thoughts or feelings, like don't go near that house. There's bad people or bad things going on there, but that's always been explained away by crime, violence, or any other number of not great things, but nothing uh, beyond that. If there are anything in, in like where I'm from, I I've never been privy to it. I, I mean, I grew up in the, in the age of uh, saying bloody Mary three times in the mirror. will make her show up and slash her face. Um, that turns out it didn't happen. Um, but when your friend's holding the razor up, you shouldn't lean into it. That's, that's a mistake on my part. Um, no, that's that's really been it. Nothing nothing comes to mind. I would say, uh, and I'm sure if I type up Homewood ghosts, I'm sure there's plenty. Um, for all I know, I'll be one. You know, in a couple of years from now. My name is Sean, and I am from Chicago. Man, Wheeling don't have shit. Uh, <laughs> this place don't have anything that have that goes on and stuff. Um, the legend of the wildcat. No, there's like nothing that happens in Wheeling. Um, what about in India? 
Oh man, there's so many stories in India. Um, and it's just like, you almost can't like believe all of it, but you can't help but like, just listen to all the stories. Uh, man, they have so much, they have like stories of creatures, uh, that come out of the night that are like, um, hybrids of like human and beast and, and whatnot. Um, you know, there's a lot of folk tales that they'll try and pass and like try and even scare kids and, mm-hmm. and everything. But um, I don't know. It's it's kind of been a while, but there's 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 one that's still that's still like people will like there's like imagery and stuff, too. But it's like this crazy Smeagol looking beast, um, which I'm a, I'm sure that you're familiar with Smeagol from Lord of the Rings. Overtly so. But, but like it's it's like this like weird, bald, small looking beast that has like like webbed claws and is like a human platypus wolverine looking type of thing yeah it's really weird um but there's like there's people that like claim they've seen it it was they were attacked by it um and so like that's one that's like in india and stuff but i mean i haven't been to india in over 12 years so (laughs) um yeah other than that there's there's nothing around me uh that has that has any legendary value (laughs) my name is sarah and i'm from a podunk town in iowa um well we have uh the the one i'm thinking of as far as in davenport there's some in other cities but in Davenport what we had recently even here in the last year is um well going back a few years so there's there's this area down the street from us it's called the village of East Davenport and there's a house that was there for for years that was just this old dilapidated house but it was considered like a historic landmark or people were trying to name it as a historic landmark or something one of those houses that needs protection from being bulldozed and um, this bar owner downtown, he was wanting to buy the house. Well, people started like spray painting it all over it and everything. They were trying to like spray paint, don't, you know, save this house. And, you know, they were trying to get all these efforts to save this house as a historical landmark. Well, it didn't end up going well. He, the house was on like probably a third of an acre. Not even that. And again, this is down like in a in a shopping restaurant district. And so he buys the house. He bulldozes the house completely to the ground to spite these people. And then he builds this monstrosity of like a McMansion on this 0.3 acre property. He literally took every square inch of that lot and put a house on it. So people were angry because it's just like, it's this eyesore and, and, and it really wasn't an eyesore, but it was ridiculous. It was just like, there was no reason for him to do this other than to spite people. He could have picked a lot anywhere else. Although he was just down the street, his, he owned bars down the street. So anyway, a few months ago over the summer, just this past summer. So he's been a lot of, let me go back a little farther. He's got, he's been in a lot of trouble even before that, because there was a, they'd had a, um, Maybe a year or two ago, he was in the paper and the news because he was cussing out people that a, a uh, not a pride parade, but there was a pride festival that they were holding in the, in the East Village. And there were porta potties, they put porta potties outside the front door of his bar. 
and he came outside and he was very upset about it and he was yelling and in some um he went on a uh, on a tirade that ended up being he was saying some slurs and things that that came back to you know bite him because it ended up being in the paper and he was in you know everybody's he's in trouble so he's there's been drama around this guy for years um and so this past summer there was and again this is just down the street from me uh there was two men who he had a pool in his backyard and two men drowned in the pool the same time and so everybody was just like, what is going on? Like people are all speculating and thinking that, you know, there was some kind of, you know, there was alcohol involved or, or drugs. And apparently this guy was not home. He gave, he, the owner gave them permission to go. Apparently they're, they're friends of his and they he gave him permission to go swim and in, in the pool. Well, apparently one started to struggle and the other one went in after him and they both died. They both drowned. And they both ended up being school teachers. So I wouldn't say it's a legend, but I would say that bad things keep happening to, or, bad, or bad things keep following this guy around. <laughs> and if, apparently, you know, people are always like, well, it's karma. Karma's coming back to Biden. I'm just like, I'm like, well, maybe it'll stop now. <laughs> My name is Potato Johnson, and I am from Crystal Lake, Illinois. Ooh, I got, I've got this down. I did an actual report on this because this is something that most people who live, I grew up in Crystal Lake, Illinois. Most people don't know about this, this stuff. This is um, some fun stuff I found out. So I worked uh, for the local Showplace movie theater in, uh, in high school. And there was the old Showplace 8, which is in downtown Crystal Lake. And it's very, very old. It was built in 1856 as the El Torrio Theater. It was a vaudeville theater that was converted into a movie house in the early 1900s. Now, if you go backstage there, you've got a couple different things that happened in the 1920s. Backstage, there is, first off, an opening directly into the closet of the hairdressers next door. So you can literally go into the hairdressers from backstage. Um, because of prohibition. There's also a bricked up entrance into a series of caverns, which are underneath Crystal Lake. Um, the bootleggers used to utilize these, these caves that went, there's um, known openings in the theater. There is a mansion called the Dole Mansion, not the Pineapple Dole Mansion, but a, uh, a construction magnate from the early 1900s lived there. It was very rich. Um, he had a <clears throat> mentally disabled daughter who he kept in a tower there. It's a padded room, um, which is also a, a little known thing. Um, there's like a slot in the bottom of the door where they used to give her food. That's a whole other ordeal. Then there's a, a white mansion next to it who now is actually owned by someone I went to high school with, which also has an entrance into these caverns. All of them are now bricked up. I would love to get into them, but um, these were things that, uh, uh, not a lot of people know, but I researched and, and figured out for a report when I was in high school. Um, and apparently Crystal Lake was a, a, a big um, holiday resort for a lot of the gangsters from Chicago in the 1920s. And there was a lot of bootlegging activity. So in addition to having 
a train track that has sunk to the bottom of Crystal Lake because they used to harvest ice for ice boxes in the early 1900s. There's also a series of elaborate tunnels created by bootleggers, which um, some, some people who know about it say are haunted or whatever. Um, but I always thought that was super cool. And I would tell anybody I knew about it. And then of course the, they thought the ghost of the, the mentally disabled daughter of Dole walks the mansion of uh dole mansion which is now um the dole center for the arts and you can get like way overpriced art studios and stuff in there but uh that's it stories like these and gravestones around the world make us feel a little more connected to the world because no matter what's going on someone else is going through this too someone else has shared a similar story and we've received emails over the past few weeks that have said things along these lines that people are just happy to know that there are other people out there sharing in these type of stories that makes them feel not so alone. And that's that's the goal of storytelling. Uh, do you have a story about your local hometown legend? It doesn't have to be the town that you grew up in. It could be the town that you live in now or a town you just know. Email us or send us a voicemail clip to behindeverystory at gmail.com. We would love to hear it. And with your permission, we'd love to share it on an episode. Thank you so much for joining us here on Behind Every Story. If you like what you heard, please consider subscribing on your favorite podcast streaming app. And make sure you head on over to iTunes to rate us those five stars because the higher reviews we get, the more listeners we can be in front of. And make sure you head on over to Facebook and like and follow us on Behind Every Story Podcast to stay up to date on all our newest episodes. And you can always find us on BehindEveryStory.com. Great storytellers make the world a smaller and more intimate place. Thank you to all the storytellers out there, big and small. And thank you to our guests this episode. Brett, Bob, Brandon, Chris, Chris, Daniel, John, Lauren, Ryan, M, Mark, Marie, Michael, Potato, Johnson, Rob, Sarah, Stella, Sean, Zach. I've been your storyteller, Jason Osterkamp, and it's been a pleasure sitting around the campfire with you. Join us again next time when we ask everyone, what is happiness? What is happiness to you? I'll see you next time on Behind Every Story.